0: After we are born again and sealed by the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit living in us, during the years after that, the Holy Spirit rises up as God wills to remind us of things and to teach us and to show us what to do. Many times after we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes upon us He does not cause us to do anything. He gives us the opportunity to do something. He shows us the way of God. And if we do that, or speak those words that he gives us, we do the work of God. And we are definitely blessed through the years by doing the work of God. Also might be persecuted. Especially by the people in the churches who are not born again. Jesus says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. You'll receive power. You have the power to do what the Holy Spirit brings to your mind, you also have the power to say. What the Holy Spirit brings to your mind. And as you speak the words of the Holy Spirit, usually two things happen. One of two things. Either the listener will leave you, or the listener will be saved. One of the two things. But there is a power there after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, comes into your mind to tell you something. The Holy Spirit never tells you anything except truth from God. He does not conflict with the scriptures in what he says. He brings you truth from God. The devil is a liar and will lie to you and try to get you to do things that will destroy you. The Holy Spirit will bring you a more abundant life, as Jesus said. Your own flesh usually sides with the devil, or the devil sides with your own flesh, because the works of the flesh are really quite bad. Galatians chapter 5 tells us about the works of the flesh and what they are. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, and reviling, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The works of the flesh. These are the natural instincts of the human being, born of the flesh, under the sin of Adam. It is natural for the man to look upon a woman and lust after her. It is natural for the man to commit adultery or fornication, and today even the women act like men. Uncleanness, lasciviousness, lustfulness. Idolatry, worshipping something, usually some famous man, some rich man, some sports figure, worshipping that person. Witchcraft, which is a form of superstition. Have you ever clicked glasses together at a dinner table? What are you doing when you do that? What are you saying when you reach out and click another person's glass? Aren't you wishing that person well? What if he's a fornicator? What if he's going to go out after dinner and try to commit adultery or fornication? John says, if we wish them well, we are partakers of their sin. And that is in uh, 2 John, verses 8 start there. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. Hatred is a natural thing to, for human beings to do. It's laughable when the NFL puts on their helmets. Stop, uh, no hatred. The, well, it's impossible for human beings not to hate. That's their nature. It's only after you're born again that you are recreated in the spirit of God, and then hatred is held under control. Hatred variance. Variance is arguing, debating. Emulation is trying to outdo one another, competing, trying to be the best. That's a nature of man. Wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, those are all works of the flesh of man, the natural man. The fruit of the Spirit of God, after He comes to us, is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, for it fulfills the law. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. You you will find after you are born again that as the years go by and you follow God, that you are a new creature. All of a sudden, where you once hated, there is love, joy, peace. Long-suffering. It's it's amazing. I have found that this fruit of the Spirit, as you follow the Spirit of God, this is what you produce. As the Holy Spirit reminds you of things or brings direction to your mind, shows you what to do, the fruits of the Spirit are produced. They're produced without your actually thinking of it. God recreates us from within by His Spirit, that we are Godlike. We don't try to be Godlike. We are Godlike because we're born again of His Spirit. And we keep our flesh under control of the Spirit, not allowing the flesh to do the things that it wants to do. Verse 24 of Galatians 5, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affection and lust. We keep the flesh crucified by doing that which the Spirit of God tells us to do. And we cause our own flesh to suffer because we don't let it do what it wants to do the way we did before we were born again. Many times throughout our life, the Holy Spirit will remind us of something. And when we go in that direction, then that is when the power of God is there to do that work or to say that thing. Many times that happens to us throughout our life. Years ago, I was at a coffee store and an elderly man came up to me as I was waiting to use a copy machine. And he said, Little lady, you didn't happen to park behind that green and gold car out there, did you? And I said, No, sir. And he said, That's a Baylor car. Baylor is a Baptist university in Texas whose colors are green and gold. I replied, Okay. And he said then, You don't happen to be a Christian, do you? I had become a Christian, been born again just a few weeks before that, and I was very excited, and I responded, Oh, yes, I am. And he said, Oh, heck, I just joined the witnessing class at First Baptist Church, and you are the first person I have chosen to witness to. This is a fleshly approach to witnessing. When we are born again and follow the Spirit of God, it's not that we try to witness, we are a witness. We can't help being a witness. It's sort of like that rock that you throw in a pond of water. There will be ripples. When we speak as the Holy Spirit's best to speak, we're going to be witnesses. When we do, that which the Holy Spirit tells us to do. People pay attention, and we are witnesses. I was driving down the street one day, and I was looking at a truck loaded with firewood and thinking how much I would enjoy having a wood-burning fireplace instead of gas logs. And I heard from the Holy Spirit, You can have that. And that's exactly the tone of voice that the Holy Spirit spoke to me in. You can have that. And I thought, well, I could. I could change my gas logs into wood burning and do a wood burning fireplace. Well, when I heard that word, I knew God approved my doing this. That's the second thing it shows us, the approval of God. So I immediately took steps to change my fireplace. At that time, I was playing bridge, and a woman at the bridge center had been to my house and saw what I had done, and she just thought it was wonderful. The next time I was at the bridge center, I overheard her telling some people what I had done. She, they, she said, Joan has changed her fireplace from gas logs to wood burning, and it's wonderful. I said, now, wait a minute. I didn't do this on my own, and I told him the exact story of how I'd seen the firewood and the Holy Spirit said, You can have do that, you could do that. I told him the exact story. It wasn't me, it wasn't my will. I was obeying the Spirit of God. Almost every person at that bridge center professed to be a Christian and attended some church. And I never once, well, maybe I found one person at the Bridge Center who enjoyed hearing things of God. The others did not. They didn't want to hear that God had done this. They wanted to hear that you had done it. They wanted to praise the human. They did not want to praise God. Here is a very strong example of following the Holy Spirit. I was On an airplane en route to Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I purchased merchandise for the business I owned at that time. My cousin, who's a Church of Christ member, was meeting me at the plane. As the plane touched down on the runway, I heard, Be baptized. I knew that was the Holy Spirit. I was now born again, and I heard, Be baptized. So when my cousin, the Church of Christ member, greeted me at the plane and we walked to the car, I said to her, Jean, if you can set it up this afternoon at the church, I will be baptized. She said, but you've already been baptized. And I said, yeah, but I wasn't born again. Now I'm born again and I hear from the Holy Spirit, be baptized. She didn't understand what I was saying, but she said, well, okay, We got in the car and as we drove along the highway, I spoke of God and things God had done to me, said to me, things that had happened from God. And she listened to it and then she said, well, I believe you are a Christian. I just don't see how you can be. She didn't understand being born again, that you are changed by God. You don't change yourself. You are changed by God when you're born again. She set it up for me to be baptized that afternoon. We went to the church building, and I was rather surprised. There were about 15 of my relatives at that church building to witness this. The young minister, I was even more surprised when he said, Would you like to say anything? And I said, Well, yeah, I guess so. And I just began speaking. As the Holy Spirit gave utterance, whatever the Holy Spirit called to my mind at that moment, I began speaking. I noticed that one of my cousins was shaking her head up and down. Yes, 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 she was saying. My uncle was crying. Well, we went up into the area where they baptized people, and as the minister lowered me into the water, the Holy Spirit said, this is like being buried with Christ. As we came out of the water, the Holy Spirit said, this is like being raised with Christ. Romans 6 tells that, but I didn't know Romans 6 at that time. The Holy Spirit was teaching me. We went back downstairs and my uncle came to me. And he was still crying. He still had tears in his eyes. And he said, I have never heard anything like you spoke today to us. He said, could you write that out for me and send it to me? And I said, well, yeah, I guess so. So I went back to Dallas and I wrote, wrote it out and sent it to him. Later, I realized my uncle was born again at the time I was speaking. God chose that moment to reveal himself to my uncle. That's why he was so excited by what I was saying. When I was born again, I had been reading a book about sin, and the Holy Spirit said to me, Joan, you know those mistakes you've been making all those, all these years? Those weren't mistakes, those were sins. And I said, oh, sins? I thought they were mistakes, and I was instantly changed, born again. I thought I was changed because of the book I was reading, so I went to the bookstore and bought several copies of that book and sent it to many people, thinking they would be born again if they read that book. Well, not so. It's the Spirit of God that God chose to have the Spirit of God speak to me and cause me to be born again. My uncle probably thinks he was born again because of what I said. No, it was the power of God that was in what I said because I had yielded to the Spirit of God. It had nothing to do with me, really, except I spoke as the Spirit gave utterance. I spoke the things that I heard come into my mind and gave the examples. He was born again by the Spirit of God and not by me. See, it's, we're just instruments, carriers. We carry the Word of God. We carry the truth of God. And as we yield to the Holy Spirit, speaking what He wants us to speak, in the situations of this life, the power of God is there to do the work. But if we sit down and make a list of what we're going to say, ah, that's another matter. That's us doing it. But if we hear it in our mind, if the Holy Spirit is leading us, and we yield to Him, what if I hadn't been baptized in Albuquerque that day? All I heard was be baptized the minute the plane touched down. But to me, when I hear something from God is when I do it. If I'd heard it in love in Dallas, that's where I would have done that. Actually, my best friend in Dallas was upset with me because I was baptized in Albuquerque. She said, "Well, we were going to do that. We were going to. We had planned to, to have you be rebaptized and have a party and blah blah blah." But when I told her what had happened, then she rejoiced. We can plan things, and it means nothing. When the Holy Spirit tells us to do something and we choose to yield to the Holy Spirit, it means everything. That's when the power of God is there, is when the Holy Spirit brings it to our mind. One time I was visiting with my aunt, who's a Church of Christ member, and I heard tell her about being taken into heaven. Oh, I didn't want to do that. You do not usually tell Church of Christ members supernatural spiritual things. But because I knew the Spirit of God had told me to do this, I did it. See, you yield to the Spirit of God. He doesn't force you to do anything. He just says things to you that are the will of God. But when you know it's the will of God, you yield to it. And do it. Well, I'd studied a lot about the Holy Spirit, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I learned that the Spirit of God searches the heart of God to reveal to us the will of God. And I had yielded to the Holy Spirit many times because I knew it was the will of God. So here I'm sitting with my Church of Christ aunt, and I hear Tell her about being taken into heaven. So I yielded to the Holy Spirit and began talking to her about it. I said, when I was a new Christian, in the night I was transported into heaven. I was with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit, and I saw no physical images. It was a, a spiritual situation. At that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the word of God, God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. And the same thing happened to me a few nights later. As I spoke to my aunt, I noticed a rather dreamy look coming on her face. After I spoke, she said, Something like that happened to me once, and it was all golden. Then I knew she too was born again. I knew that we were the same spirit. Many people were afraid of this aunt, and they would say, What will artists think? She was their religious standard. She had been changed by God, she had been born again. The power to be a witness is so different from trying to witness. When you try to witness, you think ahead of time of what you might say and how you might approach it, what you might do, what you must include. The power to be a witness is the Holy Spirit reminding you. During that time, when the early years when I was born again, I was so excited about it. I had told a young woman in Santa Fe, New Mexico, USA, I had told her that something happened to me she said well she was very wealthy and she said i'll just fly down to dallas and hear you tell me so she did i picked her up at the plane we went to dinner she said now tell me what's happened to you so i told her about being born again and she was quite interested and she said oh i would like something like that to happen to me well I didn't know what to do. I remember those four spiritual laws and I said, well, just repeat this after me. And she did and I said to Maya, well, congratulations, I think you're a Christian. I think you're a Christian. (laughs) Well, maybe God will have had mercy on her after that because my stumbling around was really, really bad. I knew nothing at that time about the Holy Spirit or following the Holy Spirit. But it's the... Difference between what human beings do versus the power of God to actually change that individual. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said, But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Wherever we are, when the Holy Spirit brings something to our mind and we yield to the Holy Spirit, speaking that thing or doing that thing, we are powers to be witnesses. When God spoke to Noah and told him to build the ark, And he began building the ark. Don't you think people saw what he was doing? People in his city? He was a witness to God. Though he probably didn't even know he was a witness to God. The minute he started doing what he heard to do, he was a witness to God. The minute I heard about the firewood and that I could have that and I changed my fireplace... I was a witness to God. See, it's little things, not just the big things, but little things. When we follow the Spirit of God, doing what He says to do or saying what He says to do, we then are witnesses to God wherever we are. For they see God in us. Some will leave us, some will be saved. Over the past 45 years, I've had many times the Holy Spirit has spoken to me. It wasn't that I'm looking for the Holy Spirit to speak. I'm just living my life. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit brings something to my mind. It can be information. He can be teaching me something. He could be warning me. There was a time when I had my business and I had plate glass windows in the front of my business so I could see people approaching my shop. One day, I saw the man I was dating walking down the sideway coming toward my business. And I heard this from the Holy Spirit. You can have all the money you want, but you're not going to have this. And I thought he meant, I was not going to marry Bob. But what he was really telling me is I was not going to marry. Don't let that frighten you. Most people marry. I had a call of God on my life that just was not compatible to marrying. At least that's my impression. But he told me, he says, you're not going to have this. You're not going to marry. took me years before I realized it, it meant that because I didn't want it to mean that. There was a time when I was a new Christian and a woman took me to court. She was hoping to get money from me over an incident. And she took me to court and there was a court trial. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, don't testify. I really believed that word was from God. I still believe that word was from God. I told my lawyers at the time, I said, you may not want to represent me because I think I've heard from God. I'm a Christian, and I think I've heard from God telling me not to testify. My lawyer said, oh, no, we'll represent you. Flo saw what happened, and she'll testify. Flo was the woman who worked for me. I didn't realize how much anger was going to be around me from my own people because of following that instruction. When Flo learned I was not going to testify, she became very angry. And she said to me, now that you are not going to testify, all the burden is on me. I said, well, I think I've heard from God not to testify. That did not seem to appease her. The man I was dating at the time was unhappy with me. He said, you're not going to do this girl any good by not testifying. I said, well, I'm not trying to do her any good. I'm trying to do what I believe God has told me. We went to the courthouse, and the judge was up there fooling with papers and seemed to be halfway listening to what was going on until my lawyer said that I was not going to testify. And then he put his pencil down. He put his papers down and looked directly at me and said, you're not going to testify? And I just said, no, sir. My lawyer at one point said to me, Flo's testimony wasn't as strong as I had hoped it would be. But if you will testify, we'll win this case. I said to my lawyer, well, I'll see. So I went out into the hallway and went into the ladies' room and began praying. And I just simply said, God, what do you want me to do about this lawsuit, about this court trial? And I heard, don't testify. So I went back into the courtroom, and my lawyer looked at me, and I just shook my head, no. And he knew I was saying, no, I can't testify. We did win the case. Along the way during the trial, I said to God, I hope you know what you're doing because we're going to lose this case. We did not lose the case. We won the case. I was acquitted of all charges. We simply follow God. About two weeks later, my lawyer came into, into my shop, and he said, we've talked about your case at the, at the law firm, and we want you to know that we think that what you said happened, happened. They indicated they really had thought I heard from God. I don't know if anyone was born again or anything about them. I just did what I heard to do, what I believe to be, Instruction from God by the Spirit of God is what I did. That's all we do. In 1980, I had been waiting for about six months. I'd closed my shop to go into the ministry. I really had nowhere to go. I didn't even try to find a place to go. I just waited at my apartment until God showed me to do something. I closed my shop on July 31st 1979 I waited and for six months I didn't hear anything on January the 10th 1980 I was asleep in the night I heard a very loud trumpet-like voice speak three words into my ear Hartford Seattle KWJS I jumped out of bed. It was like having a trumpet blown in your ear. It was so loud. I think it was an angel of God speaking, because angels often are described as being like a trumpet. I jumped out of bed, and I wrote KWJS on a notepad. I had heard Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I felt immediately KWJS had to be call letters for either radio or television. Turned out it was a radio station. I said to God, are you telling me to go on the radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. Instantly, I heard from the Holy Spirit, call the radio station manager. Giving me information on what to do. Because I'd said I wouldn't know how to do that, and I wouldn't. So he says, call the radio station manager, which I did that morning. And I said God might be telling me to go on radio. How would you do that? He said, make an audition tape, 29 and a half minutes long. Send it to me, and if you fit our broadcasting, we will offer you a contract. That same morning, I got my cassette tape recorder and made a broadcast 29 and a half minutes long, just speaking what I believed God had called my attention during the time I was speaking. It was not edited. It was just 29 and a half minutes long. I sent it to the radio station manager. Within five days, I was broadcasting exhortations for the church on radio station KWJS, and within a year, I was on radio from Hartford, New York City, to Seattle, just like the angel of the Lord had said. It's a matter of doing the Word of God when we hear it. And if you don't know how to do it, you just say, I don't know how to do this, depending on God to show you. One time I was playing golf with three, two other women, a Church of Christ member and a Methodist. The Methodist woman began speaking about people who judge other people. And the Holy Spirit came upon me and brought this to my mind. And I said it to these two women. If you're judging that people are judging, aren't you judging? And that Methodist woman went (laughs) like a balloon that had been pricked. It was like a balloon filled with hot air, and a needle stuck in it, and she went, bah! It was the Holy Spirit. It was the power of God. When you yield to the Holy Spirit and speak, the power of God is there to do a work. One time I was having a meeting in Seattle, Washington. As I approached the meeting room door, I saw the radio station manager standing there at the door. He had always been very friendly toward me, but this time he looked severe. I had been broadcasting some judgment messages, which I felt God had me do. George said to me, "'Joan, you have so many good messages. Just speak those messages.' If you continue to speak these judgment messages on radio, I don't know what's going to happen to you. We may have to put you off the air. The Holy Spirit rose up in me to give me some words to speak. And I said to George, If I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, then I don't have a message and I may as well be off the air. There's such power of God when the Holy Spirit gives you something to say and you yield to the Holy Spirit and say it. The power of God is there to do the work that God wants done. One time I was with my mother who was not born again at that time and the Holy Spirit reminded me of scripture in Deuteronomy 18 concerning sorcery, witchcraft. My mother had always loved horoscope books. So I got the Bible and just read to her aloud Deuteronomy 18:9 through 12, because that's what had been brought to my mind. After I read it, my mother sat there quietly for a few seconds, and then she said, "Well, I guess we'd better not do that anymore." She was born again at that second. She agreed with God. She was born again. Yielding to the Spirit of God. Speaking what God wants you to speak. That's the key. I would have never thought of reading Deuteronomy 18 to my mother. Except that the Holy Spirit brought it to my attention. Well, I guess we'd better not do that anymore. When I went back to Dallas, my uncle wrote to me and said, Your mother has changed. She has really changed. That's what being born again is. When God speaks to us, when the power of God is there, the person who agrees with God is changed instantly and they're not the same person they were before and it's very noticeable to other people who knew them because they know what they're like and then all of a sudden they're changed they're not like that anymore that's being born again once again the holy spirit who comes upon us just simply means all of a sudden he brings an idea to our mind He does not make us do the idea. He gives us the option of doing that. One more example. In the year 2020, I was looking at my 25-year-old car and I was considering having new seats built in the front seats of the car that had worn out New upholstery put on the seats, and then the inside of the seats padded. And as I thought about having this done, I heard from the Holy Spirit. And he said, or you could just buy a new car. I'd never considered a new car. But then that night, I was given a dream that I bought a new car. The next day, I told Pam Paget about it. I said, I've had this word from God. I've also had a dream. We went out that same day and looked for a car, found one, and bought it. Or you could just buy a new car. I had just sold a house in Texas. The money was sitting in the bank. I had plenty of money to buy a new car. I just never had thought of it. But God, by his spirit, brings a better way to go to us from time to time a more abundant way to go a more abundant life now here's what the holy spirit does for us four things if you will write these scriptures down if you're able to do so if you're not in a car or something john chapter 14 verse 26 and john chapter 16 verse 13 for they show four things the Holy Spirit does for us when he brings us an idea into our mind, when he comes upon us with an idea. John fourteen twenty-six, Jesus says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things. And I've always believed that was all things spiritual as well as secular. I always used this when I went out on buying trips to buy my merchandise, depending on God to show me the items that I should purchase. He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So two things are right here that the Holy Spirit does for us. He teaches us all things, and he reminds us of everything Jesus has said. He brings these things to our mind in the form of thoughts, just simple thoughts, like the upholstery on the car, or you could just buy a new car. That's the tone of voice I heard it in. Or you could just buy a new car. And I said, that's right. In John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus tells us two more things that the Holy Spirit does for us. Howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. Pam Taget tells a very interesting story about something that happened to her. During the night she began to hear electrical items in her house going on and off. She knew there was a power surge taking place. It turned out that almost everything went off. She said she got up the next morning and just couldn't face it. She just got back in bed and pulled the covers over her head. And the Holy Spirit said to her, There was a strong wind blowing outside, and the Holy Spirit said, as God is able to control the wind, God is able to help you. That gave her the strength to get out of bed. And the Holy Spirit called her attention the first item that she should deal with on this electrical outage. She dealt with it. And then he called her idea to her mind the second item and the third, and the fourth, and on and on and on, until almost everything had been fixed at our house. She said it was in perfect order, turning one thing on after another. Holy Spirit guides us into all truth when he comes upon us. So Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 13, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear from God the Father, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So four things that Jesus tells us in these two chapters of Scripture, four things that the Holy Spirit does for us when he comes upon us. He teaches us all things. He guides us into all truth. He reminds us of everything Jesus has said, and he shows us things to come as needed. This is a great advantage to us. And Jesus says in verse 14 of John chapter 16, He, the Holy Spirit, shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. When we do that which the Holy Spirit tells us to do, we glorify God. It is God who showed me to change my fireplace. It is God who showed me to buy a new car. When I'm telling someone about buying a new car, I don't say I bought a new car. I tell them the story of God showing me to buy a new car. That glorifies God, not myself. We receive power after the Holy Spirit speaks to us by bringing us a thought showing us what to do or what to say as we yield to that which is brought to us by the Holy Spirit. Not only do we follow God, but we glorify God who brings such wisdom to man. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.